Bonjour and welcome to another episode of Feminist Fridays, your weekly dose of self-empowerment and equality. I'm your host, Dara Liberty, coming to you de Paris. And this week, I'll be joined by motivational woman, Katrina Bart, overcome some enormous challenges in her life. But has turned them on her head or their head. She now inspires others through her dedication to self empowering them and through sharing about building self esteem and confidence. She's also an award winning author who wrote the No Bullshit Guide to Self Confidence and currently also works as a clairvoyant. But today we'll be mainly talking about her thoughts on some of the myths and potentially harmful messages surrounding the beauty industry. But before we hear from Katrina, let's listen to a new release from Queen Madge or Madonna. Uh, It's called I Don't Search, I Find and it's the DJLW remix. Why this track? Well, as my discussion with Katrina aims to show you, you don't need to search for beauty or love. You are already beautiful and deserving of love and can find it within yourself.
Welcome, Katrina, to Feminist Fridays. I am so glad to be here. I would like to start by asking about your personal journey, um, where you're from and growing up. It sounds like through reading on your website that you've been through some very difficult times with your family life and have battled mental health challenges. Can you tell us about your journey and what you've been through and where you found the inner strength to keep going? Absolutely, and I'm more than happy to share. The first thing I always try and say to people is when you are you know, suffering anxiety or depression, you're completely overwhelmed, it's not a sign of weakness to ask for help. I believe it's a sign of strength. Absolutely. I think it's, it's an amazing to be able to say, you know what, I'm actually not coping and I need help with this is a strong thing to be able to do. And I think people need to change that perception, you know, that it's not a weakness, it is a strength. And the first thing that I always say to people is do go and get professional help. While, you know, we sometimes are a bit, you know, oh, God, I don't want to admit there's something wrong with me. Friends and family, while meaning well, can not know the right ways to help you in all honesty that can be there to to download to but you know they'll say things like oh it'll be all right or you'll be fine or you know other people have got it worse and none of that helps and you need that professional to help you with the steps I I went to the point of I had actually planned my suicide wow I actually knew what I was going to do and again Mm -hmm. if anybody listening to this is in that position please seek professional help go and talk to someone for me, you know, I did seek professional help. Um, it was like a two, three-year journey. It's not something you can just snap out of. No. I I am a firm believer that it is, um, you know, the, the, the things that we tell ourselves, because, you know, depression is, you know, you've got this brain of yours is just telling you all these horrible things and you end up starting to believe them and you can't shut your mind off. And one of the things that I did was, you know, I'm a reader. I have to get information on things. I don't just accept when somebody says something. I have to research it myself so I can come to my own conclusions. And I realised how powerful our brain is mm-hmm. and we need to change the way we think, especially when we're suffering depression and anxiety. So every time I kept having a negative thought, I would go, I am happy, I am okay, even though I wasn't. And I knew I wasn't and I was in the absolute depths of despair and I lost um I lost I went I dropped two dress sizes in a month wow because I just wasn't eating and you know and I just kept doing all this and and I kept doing different things I read all these different things how to you know work with depression and things to do and I kept reading until I found the little bits and pieces that worked for me and that I Mm -hmm. found helped me because what works for me is not necessarily going to work for somebody else of course. And and I think, again, it's one of those things is you've got to keep trying. You've got to find those things that you do that will help you get through. And one of the main ones for me was um, I have a son and his father had nothing to do with him from about the age of 12. And and my thing, I've got one child, he's got one parent now because his, other, his dad has nothing to do with him. And I'm like, I can't do this to my son. So even in, even in the depths of things, I would just keep saying to myself, I can't do this to my son. Mm. and those you know and but you know if you don't have children that's not going to work for you but it's just that whole realization that like I said the positive mantras that just try every day trying to get through and just they all I've got to do is focus on getting through today 
And the good news is that the the brain is elastic and we can relearn, you know, we can rewire our brain to to learn to, you know, to engage with positive thoughts again. Absolutely. But I think the problem with society now is that we we expect everything to be instant. Yeah. And and people don't realise that it actually is. A it's journey, a long and it journey. can take time, but you will find that you slowly get better and you'll have less and less of those dark times and more of the light times. So I wanted to ask you for my next question, mm. prior to or perhaps at the same time as becoming an author, you also became a clairvoyant. I can did. you tell us about that? Because I'll be honest and say I have not much of an idea about what that involves. What kind yep. of people do you see and what kind of services do you provide? Sure. Um, it's really interesting. I was actually brought up a very, very strict Seventh-day Adventist. So, um, you know, according to my belief system that I was brought up with and my family, I kind of do the devil's work now. That's my joke. And <laughs> leaving the church, leaving, leaving the church and sort of, you know, I, it took me a long time to even accept things like tarot cards or clairvoyancy because it was so scary. And I was actually taught that was evil thing, you know, an evil thing. And I, I had this friend who was right into tarot cards and all that sort of stuff. And I was a little bit mm, sceptical and scared about it. And anyway, you know, a few years, you know, into this friendship, she said to me, look, I found this really good clairvoyant. We've got to go see her. She's on, you know, the north, um, northern beaches of Sydney. So off we went. I went, okay, well, I'll go, you know. Anyway, I had the reading first. So it literally, I always say to people, a clairvoyant reading is just like having a chat. But I just get told from the spirit world what to tell you. Right. Okay. So that's kind of how it is. So it's, it's just like a clairvoyant reading would be literally like what we're doing right now. You're just chatting with somebody. Anyway, this particular clairvoyant, at the end of it, she said to me, you know you're a clairvoyant. And I went, oh, no, 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 no. And um, she's like, yes, you are. I'm like, no, 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 no. And she said to me, I'm just going to ask you some questions about myself. And just, she goes, all I want you to do is answer with the first thing that pops into your head. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, because it's like an exam. You know, I do not like exams. And she sort of started asking me, what did I used to do for a living? You know, what was my uniform? What did my childhood home look like? And she asked me all these questions and I got them all right. Interesting. And, yeah, and I had never, ever met this woman before. So, you know, it was like, you know, I think it was like, what did I used to do? I said, oh, you were a counsellor. I showed who did I counsel? I said, oh, like drug addicts and prisoners. And she did. You know, and it was, just like, and it was quite freaky. Do you know what I mean? It's like, oh, this is kind of weird. However, I have always been clairvoyant because I was always that person that people would ring up for advice and I could yeah. give advice that was outside the square because they're like, oh, you should be doing this or what, you know, da-da-da-da-da. And so, you know, I, I started to develop that. So it, it is literally, um, I don't know if you've ever seen the old movie, The Sixth Sense. It's like, I see dead people. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's kind of like a clairvoyant. So sometimes I do see dead people and clairvoyancy can cover five senses. Like you hear things, see things, taste things, feel things, you know, and, and, and it becomes, you know, images of things. So like I did a reading yesterday and the woman particularly was asking about her work, just an example. And I said, well, look, let's just say, um, you know, you deserve a pay rise and you're currently getting 70000 but you're actually worth a hundred. And she goes, why did you say those figures? And I said, because I was told to. She goes, ah. Oh. I went, why? And she goes, because I'm on 70000 <laughs> Do you mean like it was this? And I went, yeah, okay, that's fine. So it comes across as I'm just talking to you, 
but in a clairvoyant mm. reading, I'm actually being told what to say. I just get, or I get an image of something, think, oh, there's a rose, and I'm going, oh, look, there's this rose I'm seeing, you know, da 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 da, or you know, I'll see a car accident, or I'll see, you know, I, I can see some really pretty horrible, horrendous things. It's, it's not always pleasant and and, and pretty, but it, it's yeah, that's what a clairvoyant reading is about, and I've now been doing it for ten years, and I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, I have males and females, majority female, but I do get quite a lot of men having readings and it can be for all number of things. And I suppose the main thing is some people just want it to, to get clarity on a situation because I'm not attached to, you know, somebody will offer advice because of, but a friend will be biased against whatever and, you know, and whereas I'm not, I'm not biased, I'm not judgmental in any way, shape or form. So, you know, people will query going, oh, I'm thinking of studying, but I'm just not quite sure. Do you think this is the right course I should be doing? You know, or people mm -hmm. might be having you know, issues with a relationship or, you know, it, it could be any, no, anything that you could have a question about in your life, you can have a clairvoyant reading. So you're now an author and your book, The No Bullshit Guide to Self-Confidence, won an award at the Beverly Hills Book Awards. What inspired you to write that book and why you think it gained the recognition that it did? Um, the inspiration was literally going through that spiral of depression and realising I had absolutely no self-esteem whatsoever. So I had mm. to work on that and build that up as well. Mm -hmm. um, you know, realising that my whole life that I had lived was based on trying to make everybody else happy. Right, yeah. You know, to the, to the expense people of pleasing. my own. Yeah, people-pleasing. That's how I was brought up, mm. you know, and, you know, working out actually who I am and, you know, what I want in life. And with all of that, when I was, you know, again, through the depression and working on all of these things at the same time, I read, you know, um, Women Who Run With Wolves and I read um, um, The Beauty Myth. Um, and I read all this, and I just had these light bulbs just kind of really started going off in my brain. And I started to get actually um, quite angry at society and in it, I suppose, in a way, not at people in particular, but doing and, and doing readings because all through depression I was still doing clairvoyant readings and so many women would be like, when will I be happy? You know, will I be happy when I lose weight? Will I, you know, and, and it was so much, you know, I, I did this reading for this woman and it was a face-to-face -face one at the time and I was just so upset for her because she was a bigger lady, which is fine. I have no issue with that. And, you know, she was a bit concerned about her relationship. And I went, your partner loves you as you are. And she went, oh, look, I know that, but I just feel so, like, fat. Mm -hmm. And I went, yeah, but he loves you as you are. And I said, well, you know what will make him happy? I said, go buy yourself some super sexy lingerie and put it on. I said, and he'll be oh, the happiest yeah. in the world. You know, and she's like, oh, no, I couldn't do that. I thought, how sad. How sad is that, that she's got this partner who adores her. He doesn't care that she's overweight. But she hates herself so much she can't even do things like that. Yeah. That's what this book, and so this book is a really different way of looking at things. I am dead set against beauty in, in that, or the beauty, you know, industry. I'm about being healthy. Right. You know, and that's soul, mind, and body. And that's why I wrote it because I was just so frustrated that so many people just think of themselves as a number on a set of scales. And I'll be happy when I get to whatever weight or, you know, and I just think that's so sad. I haven't owned scales for years. and Neither uh, have I. Neither have I. I really love lingerie. I buy it for mm. myself. I just oh, buy I do it too. Myself. I'm addicted to it. 
We, we really have quite a few things in common. I love this. But I, yeah. I will tell you this just quickly in regards to the whole like weight and everything. Because like you, yeah. I don't own scales. I don't believe in them. The first chapter of my book is throw them out. If you own a set yeah. of scales, throw them out. Yeah. They're, they're, they're useless. They are in the whole scheme. Yeah. Of, they are absolutely useless. But I had to go and have um, um some injections at the at the doctors. And because I've just moved to the you know beautiful Gold Coast of Queensland, I had to find a new GP. So you know, they weighed me. And I happened to look down at the scale and I was like, holy shit. I'm really heavy. <laughs> I was actually in the old scale, nine stone, which is 60-something kilos. Mm-hmm. But as I said to my husband, I'm actually the fittest I have ever been. I do pole dancing, so I can now hold myself upside down on pole and I've got muscles and that's why I weigh more because yeah. I'm actually stronger. So you've alluded to the concept that the beauty industry makes money out of people's lack of self-confidence and I agree mm-hmm. with you on this. And I think that the fashion industry does the same. I modelled in my late teens and early 20s. And whilst I did have a very reputable, high-profile agent, I was pressured to lose weight at the time. So I'm naturally a size 8, but became a size 6 in order to gain more work. And I never really took modelling seriously. I always knew that I had a different career path. But it was a good way of making money. But, you know, I've also since worked in marketing and communications prior to shifting to human rights um, and working in NGOs. And when I worked in marketing and comms, I worked with brands that directly or indirectly encouraged people to look a certain way or to diet which did not align with my values. And that's what led to my career change to human rights, activism and advocacy. I would be interested to know if you could share some examples of the types of campaigns or areas where you think this industry is particularly harmful or damaging to people's self-confidence or to cause them to doubt themselves. And also just, you know, obviously keep in mind that the beauty industry targets men just as much as women or people of all genders. Well, I, I, first of all, I don't believe it should be called the beauty industry because it's not about beauty. It's about them mm-hmm. selling products and making mm-hmm. billions of dollars. And I firmly agree with that meme that you see floating around going, you know, if all the women in the world woke up one day and thought that they were beautiful as they are, the beauty industry would go bust. The, but the problem they have and, and the, the issues that I have, and I am a feminist. I I am firmly a feminist and I believe women have the right to do whatever they want with their bodies. I have no issue with that. My problem is that, you know, at the moment, for instance, like women aren't allowed to have wrinkles. And we're we're not allowed to age. You know, there's all these, you know, you know, the advertisement, you know, oil of Olay or, you know, Clarins or, you know, whichever ones. And they're they're using like, you know, 18-year-old models targeting 50-year-old women saying, oh, look, you know, this gets rid of your wrinkles before there are even wrinkles. And I'm just like, why can't we have wrinkles? Why why do we have to constantly look young? Why do we have to have big lips? Why do we have to have big asses at the moment? You know, we're all different shapes. We all have, and there's this whole wacky thing that they they promote. So once something's done, they've got to find something new to push to make more money out of it. I have, if, If somebody wants to have Botox, no issue with that. You're allowed to have Botox. But my question is, 
why do you think you need Botox? One of the main things, again, that I started to do was actually not to look. And I think what we do is we look and we start to compare ourselves with somebody. You, know, you see a picture of, of somebody and you think who's a similar age to you and you think, oh, gosh, that looks so much better than me. I've got more, so many more wrinkles than them. And you've got to stop doing that. You've got to stop comparing yourself and you've got to stop judging other people. And that is a real key thing to to not look at someone. And I I and I look. I was that person who go, oh my god, look at the size of her ass in those pants. Did she even look in the mirror? Now I go, man, hasn't she got the best butt I've ever seen? You know, and you know, I've changed the way I look at other people. Yeah. So I'm not comparing myself anymore. I'm not judged because when we judge other people, we're actually it's because we have our own insecurities. Exactly. So on your website, you do state that you are enough. Mm -hmm. And I actually, although I respect that you put this statement out there, I do disagree with it because I think it's a bit too vague. I think enough what? I think enough of whatever it is you think you're not enough of. But why not tell people that they're more than enough? Because personally, this is what I believe. I think that the statement that, you know, you're enough doesn't really self-empower people. I think people need to to know that they're more than enough and enough, you know, enough what? And my psychologist agrees, you know, he and I have, like, have discussed this. I think saying you're enough, although I know many, many people say it, I I don't think. I I personally think we should be saying people are more than enough, you know. Mm. I don't think it's egotistical to say that because... No, not at all. Yeah. So, you know, what are your thoughts on this? I actually, you know, I'll, I'll be honest and say I haven't actually thought of it in that context, but I do agree with you and I'm more than happy to change what's on my website. To, to actually come with that. For me, why did I say that you are enough? Because that is something that I actually used to tell myself mm. yeah. while I was going through, I am enough. I am enough just as I am. You yes. know, I don't need to perfect myself. I don't, you know, and so for me, that was the t- that was the term that I used. But I understand exactly what you're saying in that you are more than enough. Absolutely. I agree with it 100%. Yeah, and I don't think you're enough is a harmful statement. I just think you know, we could be we could be more positive, you know, more uplifting. Absolutely. And, yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you for agreeing with me. Agreeing with I, me. You know, I, I will come to, after I've spoken to you, I'll send an email to my website person and go, I need you to change. Because <laughs> <laughs> Sarah told me to. <laughs> Sarah told me to. <laughs> I love it. So as a feminist, I believe in bodily autonomy. And just as I believe in reproductive rights, I believe it's a woman's right or anyone's right to choose whether or not she wants to use beauty products, get cosmetic treatments like Botox or filler or anything else. If she feels great for doing it and is making an informed decision. And I think that anyone that that says that this type of thing is trashy or tacky is just as harmful as some of the messaging that the beauty industry can convey. And I remember reading an article that was written, admittedly, in the Daily Telegraph. So, you know, 
there we go. But it was, you know, someone's opinion column about how trashy Botox was. And I thought, that's actually really, really disrespectful and harmful. What are your thoughts on this? You know, as I've well, said. I agree yeah. with you. I agree with you. I, I As I said um, a little bit earlier, I believe we all have the choice to do what we want. And if somebody wants to have Botox, they're allowed to. And, and mm. I agree with you in that I people shouldn't say that it's trashy or tacky. No. You know, but, but like I said, I think if we went deeper and deeper into it, that, and, and I know, like, you know, you just said that, you know, if it makes them happy and they feel beautiful, but why do they not feel beautiful as they are is my question. Again, I have no issue if people want to use fillers or Botox or whatever, but it's the beauty industry that is telling us that we are not beautiful as we are, that we are not enough as we are. Like mm-hmm. I said, you know, having to get rid of the wrinkles, why do we need to get rid of our wrinkles, which is what Botox does. I, I feel beautiful because I'm younger because, you know, younger is good. And, and like I said, I have no issue. I, I, if people want to go and have their boobs done or butt implants, go for it. But I just think it's sad that they feel they need to do that to feel beautiful. So you've mentioned um, that you're now 50 mm-hmm. and your book was inspired by a desire to share some of the wisdom you'd wish you'd known when you were younger. So for those of us who have yet to read your book, can you share a few uh, hacks or tips because I'm sure they'd love to learn some tips on you know things to remember when building self-confidence self-esteem and just feeling self-empowered what what did you wish you knew when you were in your teens or 20s what I wish I knew well what I've already said is not to judge people not Mm. to look people and think oh my god I can't believe they're wearing that out today you know Mm. and and I'll, I'll admit Sarah you know probably 20 years ago, if I'd seen a picture of you, I would have gone, oh, my God, what the hell is she thinking getting those tattoos? <laughs> Whereas now, now I've changed, you change the way you think and you actually feel better about yourself when you don't judge other people. So now, like I said, I look at you and go, man, rocket girlfriend, go for it. Thank you. You know, regardless of, of who they are and how they look. I walk up to, to strangers and tell them they've got great butts. You know, I just, I just have this thing about bottoms, you know, and I just say to people, oh, my gosh, I love your hair or I love your bottom and all those sorts of things. Don't judge. Don't look at somebody and judge them because you're comparing yourself to them and you're going to, and it's because you feel bad about yourself that you will rip somebody else to pieces, okay? And, and it really is a mind over matter thing. All of our self-esteem, and as we said earlier, our brains are so, so powerful. So stop judging other people. Whenever you look at someone, Think good thoughts about them. The next thing you need to do, and this is the hardest one for a lot of people, especially when you're younger, is do not give a shit what other people think. What other that's people? The hard, people will dress and go, oh, what will people think of me? I don't give a shit. I'm, I'm, I'm 52 this year. I do pole dancing and I will walk out of, from my parked car to the studio in a tiny little itty-bitty pair of pants and a bra top. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Nice. I don't care. I don't care. But all the other girls will cover themselves up. I'm going, stop it. Stop covering yourselves up. You're beautiful the way you are. As you said, you are more than enough. But people are too concerned about what other people are thinking. And I was told this saying many, many years ago, and it has really stuck with me. When we are young, we do not care what people think. When we get into our teenage years, we're concerned about what people think. And that leads into our 20s. 
Then we get into like our 30s and we wonder what people were thinking about us. And we get into our 50s and we realise people weren't thinking about us at all. We put far too much emphasis on what people might think of us. As, as this is a feminist segment, I'd like to ask, how has feminism inspired or been a part of your journey and how do you ensure that you're inclusive and promote equality and diversity in your work? And I'm interested in your work, you know, talking about the beauty industry, but also in your work as a clairvoyant. Mm. Look, I... I would never have said, like I said before, that that I would have been a feminist. Now I am definitely a feminist and (laughs) I believe it's all about people. To me, me, feminism is women being allowed to have a choice. To me, that's what it boils down to. We have have the right to make the decision over our bodies in whichever way we want Um, and, you know, and and with our lives. And, um, you know, the inclusiveness and, and equality in my work is... I think the main thing, it might be a little bit of a weird way of it, but I'm completely unjudgmental. And I think people feel safe with that. You know, like I've had people with readings and they're they're going, oh, you know, I'm in my marriage. I said, yes, but who's the person you're having an affair with? And you can see them like, oh, my God. And I'm like, I don't care. Like, it's this is your life. You're living it. These are your decisions. You're the one who has to live with them, not me. And I think it's about letting women know that they are able to make choices for themselves that it's not selfish i'm very much a big one but it's not selfish to do things for yourself no you know especially when you're a mum and a wife and and all those other things it's okay to take time out and i very much um with equality that i i really promote women to you know especially in readings um as a clairvoyant and that to say to women you know you need to take your career to the next level because what you're you're teaching your children if you sit there and you do everything in the house and you turn yourself into this slave you're teaching one your sons that that is what their wives will do and you're teaching your daughters that that's what they're supposed to do and if you want a different life for your son and your daughter you need to live your life the right way and do things Mm. for yourself and show them that it is not selfish to do things absolutely yep absolutely i completely agree with you on that i mean to me feminism is about equality for everyone not just women absolutely Um, and that's how i that's why i started this segment you know i try and promote Mm -hmm. equality in all forms so i really you know respect that you're not judgmental about anyone regardless of whatever they're doing so yeah no not at all uh, I'll finish by asking, what's next for you? I know that you're a speaker, an author, and a consultant or clairvoyant privately. Mm-hmm. Do you know where you're, you, you'd like your expertise to take you next? And do you have any current projects or initiatives that you wish to highlight? And where can people find you and follow your incredible work? Well, join my website, um, you know, themotivationalwoman.com. Mm-hmm. Um, same for my Instagram page and my Facebook is all the same same title. Um, mm-hmm. I'm currently in the process of kind of creating my book but making it into a e-course online where people can actually get guidance from me to help them when they make mm-hmm. you know, to, to fit it more um, directly for them to help them have the life that they want. 
And I don't, I'm not a life coach. I, I'm just, I'm that, I'm your one person cheer squad. Mm. That's who I am. Okay. For anybody out there, I'm your one person cheer squad and I'm the one who's going to go, yep, you can do this. And I've got your back. Um, I would like to do a bit more public speaking, but at the moment, because the whole coronavirus thing, that's, you know, kind of in the, the back mm. burner at the moment, because we can't even do international travel. <laughs> But more than anything, I, I think I'd really like to do more one-on-one -on -one work because I really, really enjoy that. I love that that connection that you get with people. Well, that's wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Katrina. It's been a really interesting discussion. I think we've covered a lot of ground. <laughs> and show, Sarah. Yeah, no, thank you. And I hope everyone supports you and continues to follow you and you know visit your website and hopefully take your e-course so thank you thank again you so no, thank you and goodbye bye voila that's another episode of feminist fridays for this week but before you tune out i have another track for you which is a new release from grimes this year called you miss me when i'm not around or and whilst this song might seem a little dark at first, I think it's about the fact that we all experience self-doubt but that we can overcome that. And I really admire Grimes for her honesty in her music. And interestingly also, she encouraged her fans to make their own versions of this film clip, which I think is pretty awesome. So enjoy. And know that you will definitely be missed if you're not around. So stick around and tune in next week. I show myself yesterday.